Our text is from Isaiah chapter 40. These words, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So our text, Isaiah 40, 28. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our text for this morning from the prophet Isaiah raises for us the question, the question as to if we have ever, if we have ever lived with the assumption that God is actually dead. Have you ever lived that way? Lived as though God were dead? Martin Luther was called out on this once, called out by his wife, by Catherine. As the story goes, Luther was all worried about this and that, about troubles at the university, troubles in the city of Wittenberg, troubles with theology. And so Luther had become very despondent, depressed even. What was he going to do? What was he going to do to address this problem and fix that problem? How could one man do so much and address what needed to be addressed and do so and do so effectively? Well, as he was lost in thought one day, his wife, Katie, showed up in the room dressed in black, in black from head to toe. The sign of mourning, of mourning someone close to her who had died. Luke, duly alarmed, asked with great concern, Katie, who's died? Her answer, God. God has died. Well, that can't be right. And Katie shot right back, well, God must have died by the way you've been acting. Her point. Luther was acting as if everything were up to him, as if he was the one, the only one who made or broke existence for himself, his family, the university town of Wittenberg. But of course, that wasn't true. So the prophet Isaiah, our text, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. In other words, God is in charge. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our Redeemer from this world, is in charge our friend and brother, crucified but now risen from the dead to die no more, is in charge. Therefore, therefore, we should rejoice. We should rejoice. We should live in joy. We should live with the joy of faith in Jesus Christ, which no one can take from us. 
So the theme of this Sunday, Jubilate Sunday, Shout for Joy Sunday, the title taken from the first line of our introit in Latin, Jubilate Deo Omnis Terra, Shout with Joy to God all the earth. It's because our Savior Jesus Christ is the Lord of heaven and earth that we can shout for joy. It's because our Savior Jesus is our creator and recreator that we can shout for joy. It's because our Savior Jesus is with us even now invisibly as he promised to be that we can shout for joy. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Why? Well, daily, daily we live in the kingdom of God. Assured that by his grace our sins have been forgiven through faith in his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, now, Let's make sure we know, let's make sure we know why we are rejoicing, why we are shouting with joy to God. We rejoice as Christians not because the world is going as it should. We rejoice as Christians not because all of our bills are paid. We rejoice as Christians not because we have received a promotion at work, have been successful in some sport, or have finally met the man or woman of our dreams. In short, our joy as Christians is not dependent upon what happens in the world or what occurs to us personally in the world. I'll repeat that. Our joy as Christians is not dependent upon what happens in the world or what occurs to us personally in the world. But, but... We can somehow come to think that, right? That somehow our joy as Christians is a joy that comes from our unlocking the secret to success in this world in some way as Christians or getting to the bottom of things, exposing the world for what it is. But of course, when the world kind of goes haywire, when so much seems so wrong, when we can figure out one thing, but are confronted with three or five or ten more that we can't figure out, we too become like Luther or like the disciples of Jesus when they heard that he would not be with them for a little while or like the Israelites at the time of the prophet Isaiah. Their lives, their city, their world seeming to be going to pieces and therefore wondering, wondering if God was still acting in the world acting in their own best interests. There's a 19th century German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, who is known for the assertion, he's known for the assertion, God is dead. But what is not known generally is why, why he asserted such a thing. Well, Nietzsche asserted such a thing for 19th century Europe had been busy trying to expel the idea of God, the notion of God, the concept of God from every aspect of society. So the entire quotation from Nietzsche about the death of God goes this way. God is dead and we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What was holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives? Who will wipe this blood from us? Nietzsche obviously was worried, worried about what would happen to Europe with the notion of God expelled from its thoughts. 
And we, looking around at the society in which we live, can make that same observation. That is that without God, what can a society be? Without God, how can a culture exist? Without God, how can a nation remain? But if we ourselves as Christians live vicariously within the nation, pondering this question continually, driving ourselves with its implications, thinking, figuring, postulating, have not we ourselves already begun to live as if God didn't exist? As if our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is not the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? As if the Lord, in fact, grows weary and the way he governs things is extremely transparent to all. No, no, no. We cannot live this way as Christians. Such a life would be one of fear and dismay, despair and despondency. Realize that it is to such despondency, a despondency that flows from our lack of faith, that our Savior tells his disciples that when he would see them again, that is when he would rise again from the dead, their hearts would rejoice, and no one would take that joy from them. No one. Of course, for us in the year 2021, it's the Holy Spirit who brings us that joy, the Holy Spirit who would convince us that our resurrected Savior, Jesus, has indeed an understanding that's unsearchable. And so we need not trouble ourselves with the way that he's governing the world at any given moment. Let us repent, therefore, of our lack of trust, our lack of trust in our Lord and Savior that does lead to our despair, ripping our joy away from us. No, no, no one has taken that joy from us. Our joy at such times, our joy dies because we ourselves kill it. We kill our joy, convincing ourselves that we truly must take the weight of the world on our shoulders, like Luther, and solve all of its problems and ills. But none of us, not one of us, has shoulders that are that big. So let's shout for joy to God. Let us rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, shouting for joy, rejoicing, not because we figured out the world, but because we have through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus become sons and daughters of the very creator of the world, even as brothers and sisters. And so living in the joy of our life, our culture, our society of redemption through Jesus Christ, regeneration by means of the Holy Spirit, renewal by means of the gospel of the forgiveness of sins, we can be somewhat other than the world around us. That is so somewhat other that the world itself doesn't know us. But the world should not know us because the world doesn't know its very creator as we in fact do. Going to school, going to school years ago in Germany now, I had some some pretty rough days. I would not say the right thing in class in German and, and I would misunderstand what was said to me and in general, I'd fumble through my day. Would I ever figure out, would I ever figure it all out, figure out how to speak German and do all that stuff? Well, riding home on the bus at night, somewhat dejected, however, I would comfort myself with the thought that I could leave. I could leave that country anytime I wanted. I could get on a plane and I could fly home and I could live in a country the language of which I actually spoke. 
And while having been baptized into Christ, into his kingdom, and into his culture, our language is that of Christian. We speak Christian. And speaking Christian, it could just be that we fumble with our words in the world and we misunderstand what the world is saying to us. But that's okay. For any time, any day, any moment, Christ can call us to be with him. And so another reason why we simply can always rejoice. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and a life everlasting. Amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.